Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk and daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. Many times in our lives, we don't understand how much we need the Holy Spirit. I think sometimes because we talk about Jesus, and you've heard me say this before, we talk about Jesus, we talk about the Lord, we understand that when we pray, we pray our Father who art in heaven, we pray to Jesus, but we forget to pray to the Holy Spirit. And I'll be honest, I try to make sure that I pray to him every morning because without him, I mess up a lot. And so I try to have him in my life because here's the cool thing, and I've said it before, he is the one who's here. And Jesus himself said, it is better for me to go. Think about that. The Son of God said, it's better for me to leave so I can send the Holy Spirit to you. So if we forget to talk to the one who's here, we're missing out. We are missing out on such an important part. And so this morning, we are going to look at the Holy Spirit as our power. And so I believe that the Holy Spirit gives us power. Now, when we talk about power, I want you to understand, and we have something lifting, but I don't want to just talk about miraculous power. We're going to get into it and explain the different types of power that the Holy Spirit will give us. And so I just want to read to you the defi- one of the definitions I found for power, and it says this, and it's just talking about the Bible, this part of power. Ability to do things by virtue of strength, skill, resources, or authorization. In the Hebrew of the Old Testament and the Greek of the New Testament, there are several different words used for power. What the Bible says about power may be summed under four headings. If you're taking notes or you have your handout, this is where you can start filling in. The unlimited power of God. Number two, the limited power God gives his creatures. Number three, the power of God seen in Jesus Christ. And number four, the power of God by the Holy Spirit in the lives of his people. We are going to look mostly at number four this morning. And we're going to look at number four because I want to talk to you about the power that lives in you. I think we have to understand that. I think most of us in the room need to remember and understand that the power that we are about to talk about lives in you. Can you kind of do something for me? I want you to just kind of put your hand on your chest and say the power of the Holy Spirit Spirit lives right here. here. And then see, later I'm going to ask you if you actually believe that. Because if the Holy Spirit lives in us, think about the stuff that we are supposed to be able to do. Isaiah 40, 29 says, He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of of the week. Here the word power just means physical strength. And here's the thing. If you're going through a rough time, if you're not getting much sleep, if you're not doing some of the stuff like looking after yourself and if you're feeling sick and you're feeling down and all of a sudden you know God is asking you to do something and you're like, how am I going to do this? He will actually just plain and simple give you physical strength to do it. He will. That's why I love in Isaiah where it says, those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength and they will rise up on wings like eagles. Do you know how many times, how many people have like little, little kids? Any 
few people, you don't have little kids, Ben. You're a little kid, Ben. <laughs> so sorry, dude. <laughs> you open the door for that one, buddy. We might edit that out of the podcast for you just to make it up. So little kids kicking around, here we go. So you understand what it's like when you're like, I don't even feel like doing my devotions. I'm so tired. But I know if I spend some time with the Lord, I'll actually feel better. See, sometimes the enemy will use our tiredness to go, well, God understands. Just go rest in him. Now, don't get me wrong. I've rested in him before, and it's been great. But I usually do that after I spend time with him. I can't rest with him unless I'm with him. And so we need to understand God will just literally give us physical strength. I like to believe sometimes he gives me like Samson strength and then I'm just like huge. (laughs) Nothing. All right. But I want us to talk a little bit more about supernatural strength this morning. I want us to talk about the power that God gives us. And when I talk about supernatural strength, I don't want, I want you not to turn me out right now. Because I'm not going to just talk to you. I'm actually going to very talk very little about supernatural gifts and talking about healing and, and miracles and signs and wonders. I'm going to talk very little about it because I think sometimes we forget the simple things that the Holy Spirit allows us to do. We concentrate on these big things, and when they don't happen, we start to question where he is. And we forget the little things that he allows us to do. Luke 24, 49 says this. This is Jesus speaking. I'm going to send you, sorry, I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until until you have been clothed with the power from on high. The power we're talking about here is the possession of controlling influence, often understood as manifesting influences over reality in the supernatural manner. So what it seems impossible, or seems, sorry, what seems impossible is possible with God. Many of us know this. Many of us will tell other people this. I don't know about you, but I will tell people, hey, I know it seems impossible with God, anything's possible. But then there comes situations in my own life. And I don't know about you, but that statement's harder to believe. Do you find that in your Christian walk? Do you find it's a lot easier to teach people about it than it is to actually live it? Right? Like, I can tell people through Christ nothing is impossible. But then I'll sit at home and I'll be like panicking and nervous and like, oh God, what's going to happen? And And then I have to prepare a message like this, and I have to get up and be like, God, everything's possible. Meanwhile, in the back of my head, it's like, you know, that little voice chirping away. It happens. But here's the challenge for us. When the Holy Spirit lives in us, he gives us power. Not only does he give us power in supernatural ways, but he gives us power in our mind. We have to control the way that we think as well. See, I love the part where Jesus teaches us to pray. Because, see, we are supposed to bring the supernatural to the natural world. We are the ones that are supposed to do that. In the Lord's Prayer, Jesus taught us to say, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in. 
Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So why do we think some of these things shouldn't happen when Jesus said, no, no, this is what we're supposed to pray? See, I am one of those guys that I just, sometimes I don't think too deep, sometimes I think too deep. But in moments like this with Jesus, I try not to think too deep. And I just believe when he says, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, I believe he actually means that. I believe he wants us to pray and to intercede and to bring heaven's reality into earthly situations. The difficulty is, I know I don't see as much as I wish I could. And so I know as I say that, I think people in the room are like, yeah, but Chad, man, that's hard. It is hard. But see, as we get farther into this, and I I don't want to get ahead of myself because I know there's slides and you got notes, but I think I feel I need to say it now. Like, If things are not happening that you're praying for, I mean this in the most loving way, it's not God, it's us. My Bible tells me that if I'm connected to the vine, I will produce fruit. It doesn't say I could, it doesn't say I might, it says I will. So if I am not seeing the fruit, it is not the vine, it's the branch. What is going on in my life, Lord, that is stopping you from producing fruit in my life? See, these are prayers that are hard. Because the difficulty is I find the answer is that one quickly. And the moment that you ask, he'll tell you. The moment you say, God, what is it that I need to change in my life? If he's with you the way he is with me, he just goes, it hurts. But the neat thing is, when we actually use the power of the Holy Spirit and concentrate on it and work on it, we can actually work our way through it. And once we get through it, those things that we were praying for will come into place. And it's not coming into place because God is our genie that we go to to get things. It's coming into place out of relationship with him. When you have relationship, things just come through it. See, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2, 4, he says this. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, please don't say amen, but with demonstrations of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom but on God's power. Right here in these two verses, the word power is used twice. But in the first one, when it talks about the demonstration of the Spirit's power, it is actually the Greek word dunamis, which means power. Power. And in the context it uses, it just talks about supernatural power. In the next verse, in verse 5, it is the word dynomi. I'm probably not pronouncing that right. And in the context in that verse, it's literally talking about wisdom. So what Paul is saying is, I use supernatural um, miracles to draw your attention to the Lord so you wouldn't lean on human wisdom but on the Lord's wisdom. Because, see, it's hard to prove to people to get them to think differently when they don't see the Lord working. See, the difficulty is, as we are supposed to bring heaven to earth, we are supposed to be, as the Bible says, we're aliens here. So we are supposed to look different. Not like E.T. different, but we're supposed to look different. 
I spoke at youth this past week, and one of the things I had them do is I had them write down what makes you different from your non-Christian friends. And they wrote out and explained it, but even if I ask some of you, you will write out the differences in our behavior, and a lot of it, whether you use the words or not, the same context is there, you might use the words don't or can't. But here's the thing with our Christian life. There are so many things that we get to do because we serve Jesus. Do you know what's fun for me? Nerve-wracking, stretching, scary, nervous. Lord, let me get it right. Praying for healing and seeing it happen. That's fun. There's no other way to explain it. But when we begin to show people the power of God, they will shift their mindset. Pastor Carlo and I were talking just this past week, and we were talking about trying to, how do you interact with non-believers, and how do you do these things? And we said, like one of the things we said, nothing will draw somebody closer and open their eyes to the power of the Lord than seeing somebody miraculously healed in front of them. You can't deny that. And the moment they see it, they'll go, Oh, tell me more. Now, it doesn't have to happen with a miracle, but we have to see the power of the Lord working, whether it's just in you. The way that it works in you can be simply this. You could be a coworker with somebody. Everybody finds out the same thing at the same time, and everybody's mad. They're cursing. They're swearing. And you're standing there going, okay, aren't you mad? Yeah. Well, why aren't you losing it? I don't know. And the difference is in our actions. And they'll see it in that because to them, that's a miracle that you're not going nuts. This is the power of the Holy Spirit working in us. When we have the Spirit working in us, the fruit of the Spirit comes out of us and the fruit of the Spirit is so different to society, it's a miracle. And they will see it. You try to get people to start thinking the way God thinks without them knowing God or seeing him, if you don't look different than them, they don't see him. You should appear different. I should appear different from my neighbors. Now again, you hear me say this all the time. Please don't be like the weird different. Just be like the healthy different. We want to draw them to the Lord and so I had the students write out all the stuff they could do. So on one sheet of the paper, they wrote out what was different. And then once I explained it, they flipped it and they wrote it on the other side. And I had them, some, of them, some of them read both sides out loud before we did the other side. And all of a sudden, I had them read the other side of what they got to do. And then I asked them, if your friend asked you, hey, what's different between us, which one would you be more excited to share with them? And immediately, they were all like, the one that we get to do. Because I don't know about you, but have you ever been invited to somebody's house? And I said this at youth. You get invited to somebody's house, and you're like, think back to your teenage years. Some of us, it's longer than what it feels like, but it's there. And all of a sudden, you go, hey, you want to come and hang out at my place? Yeah, that's all. Yeah, let's go to his house. Let's go to his house. By the way, when you're at my house, we can't do this. 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 I don't know about you, but immediately, you're kind of like, let's go to Billy's. Right? So when we tell people about walking with the Lord and all it is is a bunch of like, oh, we don't do this, we can't do that, we don't get to do this, we don't get to do that. Can I be honest? That sucks. 
And that's why some of our loved ones and some of our coworkers want nothing to do with it. Because when they're about to go do something that they classify as fun, and our response is, well, we don't do that. All they hear is, we don't like to have fun. You just have to hang out with me for a little bit. I love to have fun. And having fun is good. The difference should be in how we behave and what we say. We can laugh. How many people know that Jesus hung out with 12 dudes for three years? Right? Do we understand this? 13 dudes, majority of them fishermen. How many people understand there was some laughter happening? Right? Like, let's be realistic. There was other things happening as well, but I won't share those things. But they're dudes. This is what's going on. And so they're all having a good time. We can have a good time. We have to get people to understand, and we have to understand that God thinks a different way. Isaiah 55, 8 says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. See, it's difficult for even us to understand how to think. Trying to get non-saved people to think, like, Let's just jump to something that even some of you might disagree with. Let's just jump to giving to the Lord. You try to convince somebody who doesn't serve... Hold on. You try to convince somebody who serves the Lord that it is better to live on 90% of what you make than 100%. Like Jesus himself says in Matthew 23, is he's kind of rebuking the Pharisees because... He says, you even tithe, you even give a tenth, because tithe means tenth, so it's 10%. You even give a tenth on your herb garden, your dills, your garlic. You give a tenth on this, but you miss and you forget the widows and the orphans. And he says, you should do the latter without neglecting the former. So yes, Jesus says to tithe. We can argue about it later. But see, it's hard to convince Christians. You tell your non-believing co-worker, hey, you just get paid? Yeah, you should give 10% of that away. <laughs> what? Here's the interesting thing. Just a side note. I like listening to some biographies and stuff like that. A lot of your top, like, wealthiest people in the world, they give a minimum of 10% away to different organizations, charitable organizations, and when asked why they do it, their response is this. I don't know, it just works. <laughs> You're like, I can tell you why. But they just go, well, we don't know, but it works. So if you don't have a plan or if you don't give to the church, take some of the wealthiest guy's wisdom. I also suggest the word of God. But it works. But to try to explain that to people, it's so hard. Because his ways are not our ways. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed to the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing, perfect will. When we want to understand his will, we have to understand that we can't think the way other people think. 
And this is what the power of the Holy Spirit does. He comes into us and allows us to shift our mindset if we allow him. I know when we talk about the power of the Holy Spirit, we're thinking like supernatural gifts and stuff. But I want you to know, one of the supernatural things that God does that the Holy Spirit will do is change the way we think. And I don't know about you guys, but most of the battles that I struggle with in my life happen right in here. Right in here. And most of us, this is where our battles happen. We struggle with our thought process. We struggle with the lies of the enemy. We struggle with what he likes to whisper in our ears. And we believe those over the word of God. Colossians 2 says this in verse 2. My goal, this is Paul, my goal is that you may be encouraged in heart and in unity. United in love, there we go, that wasn't that challenging. United in love so that you, they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom all, or sorry, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. To receive Christ, we need to have our spiritual eyes open through the Holy Spirit. So we understand that nobody comes to the Lord except through the Holy Spirit. So as you're praying for your coworkers, as you're praying for your loved ones, it's the Holy Spirit that they need. So as we get the Holy Spirit, we become, this is what everybody in the room, you need to understand. As the Holy Spirit pulled you closer to the Lord, you gained wisdom and knowledge and who he was. And that is why you received him. Your heart was open and a new understanding came in. You had a new revelation and a new understanding of what life was about. And this is the power that we now have in us to share with others. This is one of my key verses. I've shared it so many times. But 2 Timothy 1.7 says, The Spirit of God, this, for the Spirit God gave us, does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So we have the Spirit in us, therefore you have the power. I think a lot of you need to hear this because I need to hear this. We have the power in us to be self-disciplined and bring the life change in our lives that the Lord tells us we need to do. The strength we are looking for is in us because the Holy Spirit is in us. So we need to understand and we need to believe the word of God, not the lies of the enemy that tells us, oh, how many times have you tried this? How many times have you done this? But believe the word of God that says the spirit that is in you gives you power. It gives you love and it gives you self-discipline or self-control. You can do it. Believe the word of God. Here's one of my, I love this verse as we talk about the Holy Spirit. John 14, 12 says, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me, this is Jesus, will do the works that I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. I told you there's certain things I think simply about. This is one of them. I believe that I will do greater things. That's not an arrogant statement. That's not a prideful statement. That is me taking Jesus at his word. And my heart's prayer is that every one of you can read this scripture and say, I believe that I will do greater things. Because it's a promise of Jesus. It's a promise. It's not a statement of arrogance. It's a promise. Why do we believe that some of the promises in the word of God are meant for today and some aren't? Why do you believe that some of the promises are meant for the person beside you, but not for you? My heart's belief is this. I either believe all the promises of God, or I don't believe any of them. I can't pick and choose. 
It's his promises. If he lied about one of them, I know you would never say he's a liar, but if you don't believe the promise, what are you saying? I don't know about you, but if I said to you, hey, I promise, and you're like, well, I believe all your promises, but not that one, am I going to go, oh, okay, or am I going to think you think I'm a liar? We need to believe all his promises. Matthew 10, verse 1, and then we're going to jump to verse 5. It says, Jesus called his disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. Verse 5, these 12 Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of Samaritans, but go, but go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, proclaim the message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. John 14, 13. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. We do these things so God gets the glory. We have to shift, we have to use the power of the Holy Spirit to shift our mindset to believe the promises of God and actually believe they're for us. And when we do that, we have to believe and understand the scriptures when the scripture tells us that these signs will follow those that believe. Do you understand that? How many people here you believe in Jesus? Honestly, raise your hand. If you don't raise your hand, I'm going to say you don't believe in Jesus. That's how much I want you to put your hand up. Because I need you to hold your hand up. Keep your hand up. If your hand is up, then the Bible says, Jesus says, these signs will follow you. Paraphrasing, because I didn't write it in my notes. This is off the cuff. So you will heal the sick. You will raise the dead. You will be able to drink poison. I don't recommend it, but it says you can. And you will not be hurt. These promises are for you. If your hand is up, these promises are for you. These are the signs that will follow you. The Bible says it. I'm just simple enough to believe it. If you have Jesus, you put your hand down. I was impressed. You guys kept it up for a long time. Good job. Give you a house. But if you raise your hand, this is what's in you. Walk in that confidence. Walk in that excitement. I don't know about you, but to know that what follows me means that I get to do these things, that's exciting. I don't, if anybody ever tells you, oh, I don't know if I want to be a Christian, it's kind of boring, they don't get it. And maybe you're not showing them the life that we're supposed to be living because Christianity for me is exciting. Because I pray each morning, Father, lead me to a store. Show me somebody to pray for. I'm still praying and hoping for the day that I pray for somebody in a store that doesn't believe in the Lord, but there's physically something wrong with them and they're healed on the spot. Not for me, but for God's glory, because nobody can explain that stuff. Let me encourage you on this. I read about a gentleman, I forget his name at the moment, I apologize, that traveled years ago and worked praying. He had a gift of healing and he prayed for people and they were miraculously touched and healed. And he says that he prayed for five, listen to this, he prayed for 500 
people before he saw somebody get healed. We live in a society where we expect it quickly. Sometimes it takes a little while. Just because it didn't happen today doesn't mean it won't happen tomorrow. Keep praying. For me, it's exciting. It's like when you, you will lose so many times that roll up the rim, but you still play. But you won't pray for a miraculous healing. We get excited over, I want a cup of coffee. I'm praying every day, and understand the illustration, I'm not downplaying it. As I'm praying, it's like you're rolling going, will they be healed this time? Chad, continue to pray. All right, I'll continue to pray. They were healed. They got up. Their lives were changed forever. Not only was their life changed, I guarantee you, their life was changed, their family's life was changed, all their co-workers' life were changed, the people that lived near them, their life was changed. Anybody that knew them, their life was changed. All because we prayed through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I say all that to say this, without a relationship with the Holy Spirit, without a relationship with Jesus, none of it makes any purpose. It comes out of a relationship. And the Lord warns us on this as we talk about the power Matthew 7, 21, and I don't want to end it on a downer, but not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, in your name drive out demons, in your name perform many miracles? And I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. So yes, there is power to do these things. But if you are not connected to the vine, it's pointless. Here's the crazy thing as you read these scriptures. There are people and there will be people that can cast out demons, raise the dead, heal people. And by what this scripture says, not have a relationship with Jesus. So what we even classify is when it says test the fruit of the prophet, some of us look for miraculous signs instead of actually the fruit of the Spirit. Notice it never says, check the signs and wonders of the prophet. It says, check the fruit of the prophet. So it comes out of relationship. When you're in relationship, it just happens. And it's fun. And it's amazing. When you have that power to do those things, and when you have that confidence, please hear me. If God can use me, he can use every one of us. And he wants to. The Holy Spirit is our counselor and he will guide us. He is our comforter and he will give us peace and he empowers us and he will give us power. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your presence this morning. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for speaking to us and through us and ministering to in this room. Father, I thank you for the couple individuals that raised their hand just saying, I need to accept the Lord. I need to get my life right with the Lord this morning. Holy Spirit, we open up our hearts to you this afternoon. And even as we stand here now, we ask you, Holy Spirit, to continue to speak to us and to challenge us. Lord, it's my heart's desire that if I'm not working on getting closer to you, if I'm not trying to be more Christ-like every day, then most likely I'm becoming less Christ-like every day. And so, Holy Spirit, continue to prod me, continue to push me. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that that's everyone's prayer in this room, that we, our heart's desire is to always be pushing forward 
And so, Lord, speak to us and challenge us. Lord, I pray that as we go from this place, that we are that river of living water that flows through this city into different workplaces, that you speak through us to our coworkers, that Holy Spirit, when they see us, they see you. And so, Lord Jesus, keep us safe, protect us, let us be a light for you, and guide us this week. In your name we pray, amen, amen. God bless you. Have a great week. Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you, and that you come back and check out next week's message as well. 